Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. And welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that the show is not uploaded on a regular basis, so if you want to stay in touch with what's going on, click on the subscribe by email button on the left-hand side of your screen, and then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified by email, and that's the only email you'll receive. Now, I said last week that we've got some fascinating company interviews coming up, and not least today... Adroit Resources are operating in Canada. They're exploring for diamonds and metals, and uh, they're developing a copper-zinc discovery there. And their main focus, however, is currently in Italy, where they're developing a potentially massive gold and silver deposit, and also a resource for the little-known metal antimony. And there'll be more on what antimony is later in the show. Let me just say this. Like so many of these rare metals, China dominates world supply of antimony with 92% of global production. There's just one producing mine in all of North America, and it's Chinese-owned. Antimony costs about $11,200 per metric tonne, which is about $5 per pound, and world production stands at 187000 tonnes per year. Uh, Adroit stock trades in Frankfurt under the ticker symbol A7V and on the TSX Venture Exchange under the ticker symbol ADT. The company has a market cap of about 14 million Canadian dollars and over 1 million dollars in cash. The share price stands at around 15 or 16 cents. Their vice president of corporate development is James Cross, who's based in Belgium. He joined the company in September. His background is in corporate development and asset management. He was a broker for Merrill Lynch. And he's talking to me now. James, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Let's start. Why don't you tell us, um, well, how and why you joined the company? Yes, the chairman of the company and chief executive, Graham Roland, and I have been friends for a number of years. Um, so I'm, I'm well acquainted with the story of Adroit. Um, and uh, a few months ago, uh, in the summertime, I had begun introducing a few potential investors to Graham because I became very excited about one of Adroit's properties, the Red Vein property, which um, – which is a possible uh, volcanic massive sulfide discovery of copper and zinc in, in uh, the Abitibi Greenstone Belt of Ontario. Um, when I, um, I looked into that property, I got very excited and, and started introducing Graham to some potential investors and then um, and bought shares myself for the very first time. Um, and then after that, I began, because I own shares, I began looking into the company's antimony potential and the global antimony market. And then became very excited because antimony is um, is clearly a metal in a supply crisis with um, with, with no help in sight. And, and then presumably Graham asked you to join the company. 
Yes, that, that's right. It, it kind of happened by accident. Uh, we, I, I just began introducing some potential investors who, who were actually friends to Graham um, because I was excited about the resource potential of Adroit. And, and uh, one day, just off the cuff, he, he made me an offer. And, and since then, in September, we've been working together. And I joined the board in September also. If you look at a, a, a stock chart of, of the company since September, I mean, the, the company had kind of gone to sleep a bit. And then you can just see by the volume of shares traded, it's, it's really started to wake up in kind of September, October, November of this year. Yes, that, that's right. The, the, uh, the price action ha- has been pretty good. And, and uh, really for the last, say, two or two and a half years, um, Graham, our, our chairman and chief executive, has really just put the company to sleep. Um, really in an attempt to just keep the portfolio alive while while the markets were very difficult and it was not easy for a company like ours to raise money. Um, he, he did that effectively and, and now the company or the portfolio is still largely intact and um, and the markets have opened up a bit. Now, let's just talk quickly about antimony. I mean, I'd hardly ever heard of it before uh, being introduced to your company. And, and it's, it's, it's not a rare earth metal, but it's kind of similar to a rare earth metal. Yes, it's often grouped in with rare earth metals, even though it technically is not one. Um, some people just call it a minor metal or a non-ferrous metal. Um, really, besides being friends with Graham, I had never heard of antimony either, um, you know, more than say four or five years ago um and and graham for a long time has been very excited about antimony but i heard but i I guess i really didn't listen until recently and uh and antimony is used as a um the biggest part of antimony consumption is as a fire retardant um it's an additive added to plastics um flight suits safety suits children's pajamas um children's toys um, and automobile and airplane seat covers as well. Um, it's also used as as an alloying element in um, as a battery hardener and ammunition and cable sheets. I see. So pretty kind of hardcore specific industrial uses. And I mean, tell us about the supply shortage. Um, well, actually, China is the largest producer as as a country of antimony. And last year, global production of, of antimony in total was 187,000 metric tons. Um, 172,800 metric tons of that came from China. So they're 92.5% of the, of the global antimony production market. Um, actually, the Chinese have announced they plan to limit exports of antimony beginning this year. Um, they're also not granting any new mining rights for antimony until at least June 2011, and, and we have no guarantees they'll open it up then. So the, the, the largest global producer is limiting exports and limiting, um, limiting future production. So um, we, we've, you know, in the last 18 to 24 months, the antimony price has more than doubled and nearly tripled. Your, your antimony uh, deposits are in Italy. Uh, how much have you got? When can you hope to start mining it? Uh, mm-hmm. h- how are you going to take these antimony um, properties forward? Yes. Uh, what we've got in Italy is, um, is historic resources. So they're not 43101 compliant, um, but they, they are historic resources. They were previously owned by uh, a state-owned Italian mining company, um, and they they have um, we, we've got on our properties about fifty thousand metric tons of contained metal. Um, 
None of it's very deep. You're generally talking about zero to 40 meters in depth. So it's all easy, open pit type of mining. And this is a historical antimony producing region. It used to be it used to be the big business there, but now it's it's completely shut down um, because back in the early 90s, the, the Chinese companies began flooding the market with antimony and it, it, it killed production in, in this part of Italy. OK, which part of Italy are you in? We're in the Grosseto province, which is about 160 kilometers uh, north of Rome. Well, it's, it's a lovely place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, it, it is a good place to be. Uh, we're, and, and, uh, and, and from a mining and exploration standpoint, it's, um, it's right there in, in the middle of some nice infrastructure, too. OK. And, and so how many antimony properties have you got? How much or how much land have you staked? Um, well, it, I, I can't remember the exact hectareage of, of what we've got there, but but um, the resources we've got are, are 50,000 tons of contained metal. Um, average grade is about 1.5% antimony, and, and again, it's all 0 to 40 meters in depth, so uh, very easy open pit mining type of stuff. Are you going to develop the resource, or are you going to try and get, get straight into production? Well, um, we, we certainly we intend to be able to produce ourselves. Um, it, uh, there, there's still more work that needs to be done. First, we would like to the first part of the plan is to make the the resources 43101 compliant, which which entails doing some of our own drilling where historical drilling has already been done and then matching that data up along with the historical, you know, matching our, the data we collect through drilling up with the old historical data and then bringing that to 43101 compliance which will which will make it even easier for us to raise additional capital. I see. And do you have a rough cost per ton, an estimated cost per ton? Um yes, we do. Um we did a study back in in 2007 on the, on the cost per ton, but um really extraction costs in that report were roughly 30 um, sorry, thirty U.S. dollars per ton of rock, and, and the average grade we're talking about is roughly one and a half percent. So, um, um, you know, we, we can we can do the math from there and and come up with the uh, you know the, the the cost per ton. The resources are open as well. Um, they continue beyond what we know, and uh, and we just haven't got around to doing the work to to confirm how far they continue. Um, also, another thing to be noted here is um, you're you're really going to have, or you're almost certainly going to have, um, gold and silver credits when extracting the antimony. So um, if if you're pulling a gram per ton of gold out of the same ton of rock from which you're getting the antimony, um, you've really got your production costs covered. Ah, or now, your extraction you, costs. You have done. There has been some historical gold drilling on the property, hasn't there? I mean, why don't you tell us about that? Yes, that's right. Um, there. There was a um, an exploration program done by a joint venture between Anglo-American and AGIP, A-G-I-P, the uh, Italian currently oil and gas company, but they used to be also in uh, in the metals business. Um, a joint venture between those two companies drilled on one of our properties 28 holes uh, exploring for gold and came up with, with gold in 26 of those. Um, the... Um, one of the best holes, um, that, or or the best hole they drilled, was actually uh, known as Hole H, where they drilled 91 meters, and uh, they intercepted 22 and a half meters of about 18 and a half grams per ton, um, and it included um, from surface 7.8 meters at about 35 grams per ton. Um, so that we've not been able to match those results. We don't have the drill cores. 
Um, but we, we've done some confirmatory drill holes on the property and, and have come up with, with gold results, but, sm but certainly smaller than those. Um, so there is clearly gold on the property located in the same area as the antimony. Um, so it, what we're probably talking about, at least on one of those properties, is, is gold being a credit. Um, our own confirmatory hole also um, encountered um, more than one ounce of silver per ton, too. Um, th these are, you know, very appealing numbers. Just uh, two quick questions for you, and then we'll move on to your Canadian properties. Uh, first question, uh, you know, if cash was no object, how quickly could you put all this into production? Um, you're probably still looking at, on, on the antimony, you're probably still looking at, at two years but before, um, you know, if, if cash was no object bef before we go into production. Um, it, it could even take a little bit longer than that. But there are a number of steps we want to go through before we go into production. We would like to um, uh, first get make the resources 43101 compliant uh, by matching our own data up with the historical data available and then see how far some of the open deposits extend. Um, in, in other words, just extend the resources we have on, on our current properties. And we can also grab a few more properties we know to contain antimony in the area. Um, after that, then then we would be looking at, at going into production. But th this, you know, things don't move fast in Italy. But, yeah, um, tell me about it. <laughs> but but um, but it's from a from a, a pure production standpoint, it is it is an easy deposit to to get to. Uh, it's it's not high arctic stuff or very deep stuff it's it's right there on the surface and presumably it's year-round mining as well that's right you can work there year-round that was my next question is uh you know italy a, a country of um uh, great contradictions and uh unlimited bureaucracy uh, mm -hmm. what are the regulatory objections to mining there are there any well um I wouldn't call it objections necessarily, but but you know you 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 have to, just like you do in virtually every jurisdiction in the world, you, you have to go through, um, you know the the the, the local uh, mining Oops. authorities. And, yes, that's right. Um, which which are probably a little bit more, uh, you know, or, or a little bit slower than than it is in other places. Um, we're also a bit of a novelty in the area because really we're except for one other Canadian company in the region we're we're really the only foreign company coming there to do anything. There's plenty of mining in the area, though, um, but they mine rocks. Uh, so you could call it quarry operations. I but see. They, they regard the activity of mining for metals as, or exploring for metals as the same thing as mining for rocks. So there are 577 operating quarries in the province, and, and you know, we would be 578 if, uh, if we go into production. And those quarries have contributed to the floor of my kitchen. Okay, good. Yes, there's <laughs> Italian stone found, found all over the world. Absolutely. Now, let's, let's leave Italy and head across to, to colder climates and tell us about your Red Vein property in Canada. Yes, uh, when we were looking for, for and this Red is the this is the property that got you interested in the company in the first place. That's right. It sure is. And, and uh, Red Vein, it, it, to us, appears to be a VMS discovery, volcanic massive sulfide, which is a type of deposit that's very prolific. Um, and we're in a region where 4% of the planet Earth's VMS deposits are located. So this is definitely VMS country. Um, when we were looking for the property, we, we were looking for something that was traditionally underexplored. 
Um, if you you know go around Ontario, somebody somewhere has always put a drill hole virtually everywhere. Um, it's tough to find something that wasn't explored a lot in the past. But the Red Vein property is exactly that. There's There's been very little work done on the property in the past. And the reason for that is um, traditional exploration methods would have been largely ineffective. Um, the the, the uh, area is very wet, low-lying, and, uh, and also has very little outcrop on the property. Um, but Red Vein, to, uh, to, we grabbed the property because the Ontario Department of Mines and Northern Development identified it in 1995 as, as likely to, get, to contain VMS deposits. Um, so we, we, um, we eventually staked it in June of 2008 or sometime in 2008. And, um, and, and, uh, there, there were six anomalies already identified on the property by the Ontario government. Um, and instead of just going out there and drilling, we used what's, uh, what is a relatively new exploration technique called MMI sampling, mobile metallic ion geochemistry. Um, well, what we found when we did the MMI sampling is um, very high concentrations of ions coming from uh, copper and zinc, as well as some coming from gold, silver, and nickel. So um, right over these, uh, these, these known anomalies, magnetic anomalies, um, we, we've got very high concentrations of ions, which can only come from metal of copper and zinc. Actually, right now we're we're cutting line on the property and and nearly finished, and they might have finished in the last couple of days. Um, and uh, we're going to do some more mag work on the property to more precisely get drill targets. And we intend to drill the property sometime in January, in the month of January. Last question for you: Who are your major shareholders? Yes, our our shareholder base is largely European. Um, that there is an institutional holding by Avis Financial Corporation based in Switzerland. Um, they own, uh, I think, about 8% of, of the company. Management owns at least uh, 14 or 15% of the company. And uh, also um, clients of Avis Financial Corporation probably own another 50% of the company. So it is a very tightly held company. Um, uh, we, we don't have uh, so many shareholders. And until our most recent placement, we don't have so many shareholders in Canada. How many how many shares on issue and how many warrants and options? Our our uh, shares outstanding as of the twenty second of November was about ninety five million shares. Um, fully diluted, it, it's about one hundred and forty million shares. Um, however, uh, at least ten million of those warrants um, will will drop off the screen at sixty cents in the next couple of months. Um, the website is adroitresources.ca, but I should say the website, like the properties, is in development, and uh, so we're, you're looking at having a new one up in what in a couple of weeks from now. Yes, hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll we'll have that up there. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, is there, is there a, a, an email where they can contact you to find out more about the company? Yes, certainly. Uh, my email is james at adroitresources, as one word, .ca for Canada. So, James Cross, uh, once again, thank you very much. I'll remind you that the company is Adroit Resources. It trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the ticker ADT and in Frankfurt under the ticker A7V. James Cross, thank you very much. Thanks, Dominic. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. 
To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 